You're listening to 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms, and this podcast is sponsored by Pros Custom Hair Care. There's no one-size-fits-all solution when it comes to hair care. A product that works wonders for curls might make straight hair limp and greasy. I struggle with oily hair, and I envy women who can go for days without shampooing. That's why I'm so excited about my customized shampoo and conditioner from Pros, which is giving my scalp the treatment it needs to go longer between washes. Not to mention brushing my hair with the Boar Bristle hairbrush is so relaxing after a long day. Pros customizes every product in your routine, from shampoo to supplements, and yes, even the hairbrushes come with a monogram option. First, Pros starts by asking about you as a person, with their in-depth consultation, your exercise habits, your eating habits, even your zip code. Next, Pros analyzes all of your answers and determines what unique blend of ingredients should be in every product of your custom routine. They package it up in beautiful bottles with personalized labels that literally have your name on it, along with personalized instruction cards for how to use each product in your routine. If you're not 100% positive Pros is the best hair care you've had, they will take the products back, no questions asked. Pros is the healthy hair regimen with your name all over it. Take your free in-depth hair consultation and get 15% off your first order today. Go to pros.com slash 3in30. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash 3in30 for your free in-depth hair consultation and 15% off. Welcome to 3in30 a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30-minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. My friends, we are halfway through May. Summer is almost here. School is almost out. For some of us, that might bring a thrill of excitement, For others, it might bring a shiver of fear, (laughs) or if you're like me, it might bring a little bit of both. As we prepare for summer, I knew I wanted to re-air my episode about summertime success with Jamie Cook. This episode was originally recorded four years ago, and a lot has changed in Jamie's life and in all of our lives since then, so I actually invited her to do a follow-up interview next week to talk about summertime now that she has older kids. So this week's episode will be an encore that covers some of the basics of summertime success with younger kids, and next week's episode will be a new episode that covers some of the basics of summertime success with older kids. A doubleheader with Jamie is always a good idea. By way of introduction, Jamie Cook is the founder of the Instagram accounts Wander and Scout and 8-Minute Classes. She is a mom of four kids, and she is full of genuinely brilliant hacks and practical tips to make mom life more manageable and meaningful. She has an adventurous spirit and is always looking to add a little bit of magic to the normal routine. I can't wait for you to hear from her, and I also wanted to announce that in connection with this series of episodes all about managing summer with kids out of school, we're going to crowdsource an episode with contributions from you, the listeners of 3 and 30. We want to bring together all of our favorite mom hacks, so if you have a favorite strategy for making the most of summertime with your kids, please record it as a voice memo and email it to me. We're going to compile some of these ideas into an episode that will air in June. 
This can be tips that are big or small about summer cooking, road tripping, scheduling, navigating sibling fighting, what to do when your kids say, I'm bored, celebrating summer holidays, getting kids to do their chores, whatever. Anything big or small that you think might make another mom's life a little bit easier this summer. You can record a voice memo on your phone. Most phones come with this app pre-installed and then email it to hello at 3and30podcast.com by Sunday, May 29th. You can include as much or as little personal information as you'd like to, and a quick one to two minute tip is what we're looking for. I can't wait to hear from you and for all of you to get to hear from all of you. I really crave bringing together this community more and hearing more voices. So this is going to be a really exciting episode. Now, with no further ado, here is my conversation with Jamie Cook about how to make this summer the best summer ever. Here we go. Jamie, welcome to 3 and 30 Podcast. Rachel, thank you. Thank you for having me on. Yes, I'm so excited to have you on. I've been wanting to have you for a couple of months, and I've had several requests for an episode of how to manage the summer, and I thought that you would be the perfect person for that. And I just have to ask you up front, are you a mom who's giddy about summer with your kids or who's scared about summer with your kids? You know, I probably lean more into giddy, but that being said, I also am so aware that there's this vast learning curve to figuring out how to sort of like catch our rhythm at the beginning of summer. And I find it usually takes us a good 10 days to two weeks before we're like, okay, we're in our groove and and now we're loving it. There's, there's There's a shock there at the beginning, I think, for sure. Mm -hmm. And I do think just knowing that, that there's a shock there and that it's going to take a little bit of time is really helpful to just stay in the positive mindset. Like expect that, plan for it. On day five, when you're like, how am I going to do this for the rest of the summer? (laughs) Just say, it's going to get better. We're going to get there and believe that. And then things will, can only go up from there. Right? 100% agree with that. Yeah. And I love these three tips that you have for us on making the summer the best ever, because I do want to point out that this would be, that these would work for moms who are working as well. So not all moms are going to be home all day, every day with their kids, but the three tips that you chose, I think really work for moms in any situation and even just for weekends and holiday breaks when families are together. These are really good things to remember. I'm really glad that you mentioned that, Rachel, because sometimes I hesitate to share things that work for me because I'm like, I don't want other people to think that it has to, you know, that my way has to work for them. So some of these are kind of bigger umbrella ideas that hopefully will be able to be customizable for all moms who are in different sort of stages of life with their kids and different stages of working or not working or whatever. So hopefully, hopefully there'll be good takeaways. Yes, they are. I've already seen them in advance and they are. So I'm excited. Why don't you just go right ahead and share your first takeaway? Okay. So if my first takeaway sounds super simple, but it's so helpful, it's to first get up and get dressed and that applies to the kids too. Get myself dressed, get the kids dressed, and do hair first thing in the morning. The reason is because if we don't do it in the first five minutes, I, I kid you not, it will take us five hours to get ready for the day. Literally. Um, I'm only laughing we, because it's so true. Right? It's like, if we do it, just basically, we. I try and sort of uh, just kind of set a precedence where 
the kids don't come downstairs till they're dressed. And it's not something that's like I'm ruling with an iron fist or anything. It's more of just like our family culture. They know they just get dressed and then they come downstairs. And it's great because first of all, it sort of sets the tone for the day. I think that when when everyone's up and dressed and their hair is done, I honestly think that kids behave better for mm-hmm. real. Yeah. And I behave better. If, if, it, if it's 11 o'clock and I'm still like lounging in my pajamas, I kind of feel like gross and slovenly and lazy. And I maybe I misbehave myself, you know. But when we're all just up and dressed and ready to go, we can, we can get out the door easier too, which ha- like – a lot of my success, I think, or my happiness is tied to being able to get out the door and not feel like trapped and stuck at home. Mm-hmm. If you get an invitation, you guys are just ready to go do whatever that's fun. And I completely agree about it changes the way you feel about yourself when you're when you're ready for the day instead of like unbrushed teeth and oh, um, yeah. sitting around in pajamas. And I actually think that um, I don't know if I should admit this, but I feel like I'm more patient with my kids when they like look a little cuter, which is terrible. But I'm like, oh, look at how cute she is versus like, look at what a little slob she is, you know? That's Rachel, that's not something you should feel terrible about. I feel like this is like a known fact. My friend Jen Iverson and I would always talk about this. She's like, I like my kids better when they're when when they're dressed cute. I'm like, (laughs) that's fair enough. I got to agree. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not talking about like fashion plate in the latest styles, but when they no, at least like all. have their faces wiped off and they're not covered in food and I'm like, okay, I like you guys. So I think that is For a sure. great tip. And I love the idea of just making it a habit before they even come downstairs or before like my, my kids and I try um, to lay out their clothes the night before and they just know before they come out of their rooms to just put their clothes on. I am, we're not very good at always enforcing that. And I want to be this summer because I think it would make a big difference. Totally. And I think that there's those days where it feels great to be lazy and have a lazy morning and and, and lounge around. And by, by no means am I not saying there's a place for that too, but for day to day summer, this is just something that works so great for us. Mm -hmm. Let's take a quick break to thank this episode's sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. This month, we've been talking all about preparing for summertime. As this school year comes to an end, are you feeling burned out and worried about how you'll have the mental and physical energy to pivot to a new rhythm? One thing that will stay the same for me is online therapy. I'm going to schedule playdates, babysitters, or make it movie time while I get in my regular online sessions with my therapist to help me thrive during these long summer days. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with a therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. 3 and 30 listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash 3 and 30. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash 3 and 30. This podcast is also sponsored by Rothy's. Mark Twain said, I can live for two months on a good compliment. And I have to admit, getting compliments, even on a pair of shoes like my Rothy's, gives me a boost. It's impossible to choose just one favorite thing about my Rothy's shoes, so I'm going to pick three. Does that come as a surprise to anyone? First, I've said this before and I'll say it again. I love how Rothy's are made from sustainable materials like single-use water bottles, algae-based foam, and ocean-bound plastic. 
It makes my purchase feel meaningful. Second, Rothy's are easy to slip on when chasing my kids out the door or to the park. My kids are getting bigger and I need durable, comfortable shoes to keep up with them. And Rothy's are perfect for this phase of my life. And third, Rothy's are so easy to dress up or dress down. I have the point flats in a lovely nude called Portobello, and they seriously go with everything. I can even pair them with a t-shirt and a pair of jeans to just make me feel more put together, or I can wear them to church on Sunday with a dress. Your new favorite shoes are waiting. Discover the versatile styles you can wear absolutely anywhere and get $20 off your first purchase at rothys.com slash 3in30. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash 3in30 for $20 off your first order. And then what's your second takeaway? So my second takeaway is to troubleshoot before summer even starts and sort of identify what some of the trouble areas are that make summer difficult, right? Mm -hmm. So let me just give an example. For me, when I think about summer coming, I think about feeding my children Mm -hmm. Mm, 24-7. And it just feels like I just feel like I'm standing in the kitchen all day long. And so rather than just getting sucked into the same problems that are recurring, I'm all about taking a step back and looking at my mom life and thinking, okay, what things can I change or tweak or what systems can I put in place to make things better so that I'm not a victim to these same problems, right? So one thing that I've thought about for me, and again, feeding kids is just one example of me of me troubleshooting. But right now I'm trying to get my pantry all organized and stocked like a snack shack sort of where there's relatively healthy grab and go snacks that they can get in between meals if they say they're hungry. And then I'm doing the same in my fridge and having like a little refrigerated snack shack that has grab and go things like string cheese and go-gurts and little baggies of baby carrots, stuff like that, mm-hmm. um, that can just kind of simplify that one area for me. Great. And what about like meals? Do you, do you have a good system for actual dinners during the summer that you kind of rotate or how do you do that? Hmm. I need a better system. If you come up with one, Rachel, you just let me know. (laughs) If I come up with one, then that will be like a true miracle from heaven because that is like the (laughs) hardest thing for me is coming up with meals. Yeah. Well, another thing that my friend, um, Melanie Burke, I feel like I'm always quoting Melanie. I'm probably going to quote her again later in this podcast, but she was just talking about how, you know, Another issue that I'm like to have to troubleshoot is the water cup situation. Like if there is another water cup request or another cup somewhere like on, on another table of countertop surface in my house, I just will lose it sometimes in the summer. And so she was talking about that they just have their like little um, Nalgene water bottles or something and each of their kids have one and every day they run them to the dishwasher and every day they get them out of the dishwasher, fill them with water, put them in the fridge And they don't even deal with water cups for the kids. And they have their cold water ready for their next adventure. And I'm just like, you know what? That's a perfect example of troubleshooting a problem that's consistently arising and nipping it in the bud and circumventing that completely with a a better solution. Yeah, I love that. And we did that last summer. And we cleared a certain rack in the refrigerator that was for those water bottles. So they kind of had a home you know, so we would put them back there every night. And if the kids wondered where they were, 
um, they could find them there. Or, I mean, it was great because if they wanted to drink, I would make them wander the house to find their color water bottle. You know, I'm like, I don't know where it is. Go find your water bottle. So they would wander around and find it. Responsibility in the process. So that's great. Yeah. I do think though, sometimes in order for that to work, um, I have to hide all of the other cups. Otherwise the default is to still just go for a cup. And so I'm like, maybe I just take all of the other cups and hide them on a high shelf somewhere for a little while till we get into that habit. I I like your thinking. That's a good idea. (laughs) So one other thing too, I was going to mention about troubleshooting is I think another thing that just is sort of exhausting about, well, not sort of exhausting, for sure exhausting about summer is just the 24-7 nature of not being able to have a predictable break with your kids. And so that's another thing that I've tried to do in the past is schedule a babysitter just to be able to come on a certain day at a certain time consistently so that I can run my errands or just meet a friend for lunch or something. And I find that having a predictable reward, you know, knowing, okay, every Tuesday from one to four, I'm going to meet a friend for lunch and go run my errands. That helps me so much to, to kind of get through some of the, the, those long days of summer. Oh, I love that. I am so pro having a babysitter at least one day a week or a few hours a week to get that time alone. And I do feel like if you're in a stage of life where you can't afford to pay a babysitter, then work out a swap with a friend. And like, so, you know, every Tuesday she will have my kids. And then on Thursday I will have hers to make sure that you're getting that break and some time to yourself, some sanity time. Mm -hmm. Um, Even if you're still, like you said, running errands, you're still doing stuff for your home. Just being able to do it by yourself one day a week is huge in the summertime and anytime, I feel like. Amen. And I also wanted to add about this point about troubleshooting. You said to do it, you know, before the summer starts or maybe a weekend once you've seen some problems arise. But then I'd also say maybe stop and do it midsummer when you're feeling really burned out. Yes. Take, take an afternoon off and, you know, when that babysitter's there or an evening when your husband or someone can be with them and just think, okay, why am I so burned out? What is, what is so hard right now? And what can I do about it? Like, yeah. are there tweaks I can make to my systems or the schedule or the environment in our home? You know, even things like, are there certain bins of toys that I find myself picking up? like a hundred times a day because my yes. kids are dumping them instead of just being frustrated by that just hide that bin of toys for the rest of the summer <laughs> as you can tell I'm into hiding things um, I, I like it. <laughs> but just like remove those things and figure out a way to bring some sanity back and so that you're not just stuck in this hard frustrating place Oh, it's so true. It's so true. I love that example too. And I think as moms, it's like, it's, I know I spend a lot of time talking about my problems, (laughs) stressing about my problems, discussing them with all my friends and my mom and this is so hard and this is so hard. And I don't spend as much time really assessing how I can change them. Right. It's like, sometimes we're just so in the weeds of mothering and it's sort of in the trenches that we can't really get an aerial view to see, okay, all right, here, you know, here's X, Y, and Z that could actually be solutions to some of these 
problems that we keep running up against over and over and over. So I like what you said about, you know, even going, even hiring a babysitter to just go and go up to the mountains and just sit by yourself and kind of like reflect for a little bit and try and come up with solutions. Yes. Oh, so important. And then what is your third takeaway? So my third takeaway is to, dare I use the word schedule? I don't like the word schedule. Um, Create a framework for your days. Mm -hmm. Let's call it that. Framework sounds looser. The reason I don't like the word schedule is because our school year is so dang scheduled that what I'm looking forward to about summer is being free from that schedule. But we still, most of us still thrive with some sort of framework, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that it's important for us each to assess what's best for us and our family. So I think that there's some people feel, oh, pressured to sign up for all these camps and to do all these things because that's what their friends or neighbors are doing, or that's what you you feel like pressured into doing when really maybe the best thing for your family would be to have less structured time and less things that you've got to taxi your kids to. And then on the other hand, I think some people, like you were saying, really need that structure to be able to thrive in summer. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think it's great for us as to each kind of identify, all right, which, which category do I fall into? And let me go with my, my gut on what, what, what's best for our, for our family as far as scheduling goes. I think the word you might be looking for is rhythm, create a rhythm for the summer. Rhythm. I love it. That's the word. Rhythm. So I had a guest on at the beginning of my podcast, I think it was episode seven about creating a more peaceful home. And she talked about this idea from, I think it was from the book, Simplicity Parenting, about creating a rhythm in our homes. So it's not as rigid as a schedule, but it's like the routine and the rhythm and the flow of how your home runs and how you get up in the morning, how you wake your home up, she talks about, and then how you put your home to sleep. And then each day has a rhythm of what they do. Like Monday is library day and Tuesday is hike day or whatever. Um, And that's what she called a rhythm. And I loved that when she described that. I love, I love that word. That is the word that I was looking for. I've found, I've now found it. Thank you. Um, Let me give an example of what a rhythm that worked, that has worked for us in the past when my kids, it was really, it was two summers ago when my kids were a little bit younger, but a rhythm that we really liked was my kids would get up get dressed first thing and get their jobs, eat breakfast and get their jobs done. And, and then we, I try and put like a time limit on when their job needs to be done by so that Mm -hmm. it doesn't become the thing that you're nagging all day long. Right. And so Mm -hmm. it would be like, you know, jobs need to be done by 9am or whatever. That was before my kids were sleeping in. So it doesn't work anymore. And then we had adventure time where I got to take them to do something fun. And then we we'd come home, we would do quiet time and reading time. And then afternoons were friend playtime before Mm -hmm. dinner. And that rhythm was so awesome for, for us. It worked really great. I didn't feel tied down to like a tight schedule or anything, but we were able to kind of balance our chores with fun, with adventure, with, you know, getting some reading, academic time in with, and then quiet time for me, which regroup in those long, long summer days. Jamie, I'm so glad you mentioned quiet time because I was going to mention it. I think it is essential. If moms 
aren't already doing quiet time with their kids, I like you must. And I know so many moms listening are probably like, my kids would never do it. My kids would never stay in their rooms. But if you start small with even like a five minute quiet time, and then you move it to 10 minutes and 15, I promise you, I have two of the most strong-willed kids and (laughs) really, like really, and they do an hour of quiet time a day and they stay in their rooms and they have special toys that only come out during quiet time. And my daughter has a little clock that turns green, like it lights up green when the hour's over so she knows. I cannot emphasize enough. One thing I'll add to the quiet time too is I think quiet time in the summer can also be like all the kids watching a movie in the basement. Yes. And, you know, I think that counts too. So just, you know, whatever works that everyone can have a little bit of downtime and time out of the hot sun and time to just kind of regroup a little bit. And I'm really glad you mentioned that about TV because I know there's so much pressure on moms to limit screen time in the summer, which amen, we all feel that way. But I also want to emphasize that when used well and deliberately within a rhythm, it is a blessing. Like screen time is a blessing from heaven. So don't feel bad. Totally. And one thing that I'll I'll add to, and this is just, again, my, my experience that could be completely different from other people's, but I generally find that my kids behave really badly if they watch TV first thing in the morning. And so Mm. it's not even based on principle. It's just based on knowing what works well for our family. We don't do TV in the morning. We don't do any screens in the mornings. So it's a very one-off thing if we do mostly because I just don't want my kids to become little whiners. (laughs) They get into TV zone and they just kind of shut down and it makes it really hard to start the day. So I prefer just to not even mess with that at all in the mornings. And do you, I mean, do they know that's the expectation? Do they still ask for it? How do you, they, they know that, you know, there's the very occasional, you know, Saturday morning where I didn't get good sleep or something. And I just, We'll, you know, we'll do some sort of lazy Saturday morning, but for the most part, they just know we just don't really turn the TV on in the morning and, and that, and that works well for us. And again, if, if, if re- listeners out there, if, if watching TV first thing in the morning is awesome for you guys, I totally support that. Just wanted to give my two cents about what's, what's worked for our family. Yeah, I think that's great. So tell us a little bit more about, I know you are such like an adventurous spirit, which I love <laughs> about your feed. How do you bring some adventure magic into this summer schedule with your kids? That's a good question. Well, I just, we love creating a big giant bucket list and we do it. We've got a big, huge chalkboard in, in the main living space of our house. That's like five feet by four feet. And we create our summer bucket list and it's kind of our tradition and we do it together as a family and our bucket list will have, you know, bigger things like family vacations on it. And then smaller things like running through the sprinklers or having root beer floats or getting a raspberry shake in Bear Lake or doing tie dye or doing a book club or just different things like that. And that's been a really fun way for us to have kind of like small, I wouldn't even call them goals, but kind of like mini little goals to work towards checking off in the summertime for me and my kind of like free spirit, I like that it doesn't it doesn't tie us down to having to complete them by a certain time. It's just 
some fun, fun stuff that keeps us on track to give us fun things to do in the summer. And do you look at it and calendar stuff like at the beginning of the week no, or do you just go I with it? As- but like, yeah, I, I just, um, I absolutely love not looking at my calendar at all as much as possible in the summertime. So for us, we like to just kind of wake up and see what we're in the mood for kind of that day or that week. Mm-hmm. Another one of my friends, Lisa of Thriving Motherhood, the Instagram account, we always kind of joke back and forth with each other because she like doesn't like bucket lists because she thinks they're like too free form. She likes structure. She does like theme weeks for her kids. And this is totally awesome, overachieving. And I love seeing what she does. They do like science week or space week and wow. they'll go to the, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's awesome. They'll go to the um, planetarium that week and they'll do a little craft with stars and they'll do these things. And I think that's a really fun idea. I did want to ask you about, so you do take your kids on adventures like hikes and you love being outdoors. I wanted to ask you to talk a little bit about managing our expectations when we take our kids on (laughs) day trips or adventures. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, that's a, that's, that's a good one. So we used to do things past tense, like every, every Monday for, there was two, at least two or for two or three summers, every Monday morning, we would wake up, we'd go to Einstein bagels. They do like this special, you can get a baker's dozen of bagels for six bucks or something on Monday. So we go and pick up bagels and we go up to the mountains and every Monday we would do a different hike. And I love starting our week off like that. And last summer, we did it one time because I realized it's not working for our family anymore. My three-year-old wants to be carried the whole hike and my, well, then 10-year-old didn't want to participate anymore. And so that was a, that was a situation where I'm like, okay, I need to adjust my expectations and kind of regroup and make a different plan. So that's one side of it, right? But then the other side of it is there are sometimes, I feel like this is my soapbox and I've shared about this before, but then there's other times I think where you're met with a lot of resistance from kids, but it's worth pushing through the resistance because you're going to have a great time. And, and, and so as a mom, sometimes it's, it's easy to cave to kids who are like, you know, (laughs) really expressing their dislike for your idea. And I think many, many times it's worth being like, you know what? No, I'm going to stick to my guns. We're going to get there. We're going to do it. And we're going to have a good time. And I find that the majority of the time my kids totally do, and they have a great time and they don't want to leave after we get to the destination. So, so I basically just gave you two completely conflicting (laughs) points of view. (laughs) I don't know what you want to do with that, but well, I feel like, um, seeing what happens once you actually get there. That's probably because once you actually got on the hike and you saw that like Ivy wanted to be carried and your and your son was whining the whole time and you're like, I think we outgrew this versus when yeah. you get there and you see that your kids are having such a great time and you're like, oh, I'm so glad I pushed through that resistance. You know, that kind yeah. of lets you know what is worth pushing through and what isn't. Yeah. Um, But I just loved, like, I love the idea of kind of expecting it to be hard. Again, we talked about this at the beginning, but 
um, and not and managing your own thoughts with it. Like instead of spiraling when your kids are dragging out to the car and somebody doesn't have shoes on and somebody's crying and whining and it's so tempting as a mom to be like, that's it. I'm done. You kids are the worst. Get back inside. I don't care if you watch TV all day. Why do I try to do anything fun? You know, but to just stay in control of yourself and your thoughts and be like, this is going to be hard getting them out there, but we're going to have fun. Yep. Somebody forgot their shoes. Yep. I knew that was going to happen. Like, we're going to do this. We're going to do this, you know, and getting through it. So, but I also love, you've shared some real moments on your Instagram. Um, like a time when you ran from the house crying when, (laughs) when your kids wouldn't go along with your Easter morning hike. Is that what it was? Yes. Yeah. Those have a name. They're called rage runs. (laughs) Rage runs. I like that. In fact, I went on one this morning and my husband can see it in my eyes. Like, he's like, yeah, just go. And I'm like, (laughs) and you know what? I, after I go on my rage run, I come home and I've like diffused that, that boiling energy and things are, why would anybody do anything fun that I want to do? But your kids did go on that Easter morning hike, didn't they in the end? They totally did. And you know what? They had the best time ever. And you know what? It's probably one of those memories that's actually going to really stick with them. And they're not going to remember that they ruined my morning and made me cry. They're going to remember when we got to the top of the mountain and we had this sunrise devotional and we had this great time as a family. That's Mm -hmm. what they're going to be left with. And so those are the moments that it's worth pushing through to get to, right? Yes, totally. And I feel like that is a great way to end this episode with that vision of you on the mountain with your family, making it happen, making those memories. Thank you, Jamie, so much for coming on and for sharing your wisdom and tell everybody where they can find you if they want more of your good stuff. Yeah, I'm on Instagram at wander and scout. And I would love for any of your listeners to come and follow along. And one of the things I love about the kind of community that we're building online is that I love that we're all reading each other's comments and learning from each other. And I feel like it's almost like, you know, the golden age of thought and ideas, especially as it applies to motherhood, because we can learn from so many other people. And And I love applying what my readers share with me into my own life. Thanks for everyone who follows along. Isn't Jamie just a delight? I'm so grateful to her for sharing so many great ideas about how to have an awesome summer with our kids. And I can't wait to hear her part two next week. To recap this episode, here are Jamie's three takeaways for how to stay sane with kids home this summer. First, get up and get dressed first thing in the morning. That goes for your kids and yourself. It helps set the tone for the day. And when we're up, dressed, and ready to go, we are prepared to get out the door easier for whatever adventures, chores, fun, or work the day may bring. Second, troubleshoot before summer even starts and identify some of the areas that make summer difficult for you. For example, if you're worried about feeding everyone 24-7, can you proactively create a little snack shack or labeled water bottles that are easy to access? And don't forget to stop and do this troubleshooting exercise mid-summer when you need a reboot. And third and finally, figure out a loose rhythm that works well for your family. Some people like to have a schedule and sign up for summer camps for their children. Others thrive on having less structured time so that they can be open and ready for adventures throughout the week. Whatever your preference, figure out a basic flow for your days so that you and your kids know what to expect. I also wanted to let you know about two resources before we wrap up. 
First of all, I mentioned in the episode that one of the most important parts of our days in the summer is an afternoon quiet time, and I wanted to let you know that since this episode originally aired, I actually recorded an entire episode about how I got my strong-willed kids to get used to doing a daily quiet time. I'll link that in the show notes if you need help with that. And another resource that has been developed since the episode originally aired is that Jamie has created some adorable summer bucket list calendars that you can purchase as a PDF on her website, then download and print at home or at your local print shop. If you want to get excited for summer, printing one of these fun bucket list calendars will do it for you. I'll be sure to put that link in the show notes as well. Summertime looks different for everyone, and I hope these takeaways will help you reflect on what you want to do with your family based on what is available and important to you. Remember, it's a process, and we are all working on it. Stay tuned for next week, where Jamie and I will talk about summer with older kids. And don't forget, if you have a favorite summer hack, I'd love to air it on 3 and 30. So send in a voice memo to hello at 3 and 30 podcastcom I can't wait to hear from you. I'm rooting for you. And I hope you have a great week with your family.